Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single. Can someone help me out? He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black, white. Tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. cast. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to be back with you. Remember last week when I was really down? I'm not that down anymore. I mean, I'm not good, but I'm not <laughs> not as bad as I was last week. Okay, first off, thank you to my new Patreon subscribers, Devin B and Zara P. You guys, you two ladies, you w- folks are, are so sweet. Thank you. Now, last week I told you I would tell you my test results, my genetic testing results. First of all, I spoke to the genetic counselor and she explained everything super thoroughly and I don't understand a lick of it, but I'll try to explain it and it might be wrong. Long story short, they found two mutations on the CEP135 gene that they believe are the likely cause of the microcephaly, but of course, they can't be sure. Now, let me try and get into some of the details. So the first round of genetic testing on amniotic fluid is for the most common mutations that are out there because there are like 22,000 genes in the genome, okay? And they can't test for all of them. When those results came back normal, they sent the amniotic fluid off to a special lab that could test for genetic mutations that are associated or correlated with microcephaly. And that's when they found two mutations on the CEP135 gene One of those mutations was, quote, likely pathogenic, and one of them was, quote, a variant of uncertain significance, which is also known as a VUS. Likely pathogenic means there is a high likelihood, greater than 90% certainty, that this variant is disease-causing. A VUS, or variant of unknown significance, means that there is not enough information at this time to support a more definitive classification of this variant. All right, so let's talk about my baby's likely pathogenic mutation. It's likely pathogenic because it causes a certain protein from being built. And with this specific disruption in the chain of events, severe microcephaly would be an effect, I guess. The thing is, and here's what's crazy and where things get really foggy for me, both of these mutations are recessive or heterozygous, which I think means that both my donor and I would have to be carriers of this mutation on this specific gene in order for the baby to be affected by the mutation, right? But the crazy thing is, this mutation has never been documented. So this is where I get totally lost. If it's that rare, then how in the hell would he and I both be carriers? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. To me, this makes it seem more likely that this mutation happened spontaneously in the baby and that, that, that neither the donor nor I are carriers. And I asked the genetic counselor about this and she said, yeah, that's a possibility. But she didn't seem to think the other possibility was impossible. So I don't know. I think she's just, I think she's just got to hedge her bets because she doesn't have 
the exact answer. And I don't know if that's how you use the term hedge your bets, but whatever. And now let's talk about the other mutation, the baby's VUS or variant of unknown significance. This VUS also on the same CEP135 gene may or may not have contributed to the microcephaly. They just don't know. But what they do know is that in people of European descent, this VUS appears in about 0.0024% of people. That's like two and a half people in a thousand. Not very common. So what does any of this mean, and does knowing help in any way? I think it means that the microcephaly was likely caused by a genetic mutation, but I don't know if the mutations both came from me, both came from the donor, one came from each of us, or neither of us. At this point, that's unknown. So they took blood, and right now my blood is off at the lab, and they're testing it to see if I carry any of these specific mutations. And knowing all of this helps because when and if I try to make embryos, I may need to get a different sperm donor, but I would absolutely get a new new sperm donor regardless because I'm petrified of this happening again. And if I end up with any viable embryos, I will definitely need to do genetic testing and they can do a specific test on that one CEP135 gene. But there's more. I didn't tell you, there are five more mutations but they're all VUSs, so I don't know if I even need to mention them. But I guess what's interesting to know about variants of unknown certainty is that, yeah, they are mutations, but no, it's not crazy that there are so many. Apparently, we've all got lots of VUSs in our bodies. I guess. I don't know. I'm never going to understand any of this. But I do have a virtual appointment with Dr. Chung on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that. She's been sent the notes from my genetic counselor, and hopefully talking to her will help me make some decisions. And that's, that's about it, I guess. Let's go to our interview. Her name is Jamie Rudofsky, and she fostered to adopt as a single lady. And like, maybe that's what I want to do. I don't know. So I asked her all of my questions. Are you ready for two ladies that like to cry a lot? Woo! Wee! Hi. Hi. I just first want to say I was listening to a little bit of your last (laughs) podcast. I'm not in a good mood these days. I'm in a real premenstrual place, so I can cry at the drop. I probably will. Uh, Um, I don't blame you for not being in a good mood. Thank you. This shit is hard. Yeah. I'm already crying. I don't even know you. You're loud. You cried out. I'm (laughs) tired. Yep. 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 I get it. Why am I crying? This. What'd you do to me, Jamie? (laughs) Because it's. Nah. It's uh. Yeah. We reset for a minute, and I calm down. But don't worry, there are more tears to come. Um. So, (laughs) I met Sarah because a mutual friend of ours, Andy. She was like, I have a friend. She and her husband are, you know, uh, considering fostering. Would you talk to them? And like, I've become the, I, I, I like post on Facebook, please, anyone who Aww. wants to talk about this, please. I've, I've become like an ambassador for the agency I worked with. And is it the same one? Extraordinary families? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they were, they were with a different group. It's like, if you're with a different agent and I'm not going to talk, I don't know those agents. I don't want to talk bad about those agents. Sure. I hope your agents are great. But then when their agents weren't, you know, helping them out, that's when they came to me and said, so extraordinary families. I'm like, yep, do it. Wow. 
for me, I didn't even know there were agencies for fostering. So just a little backstory on me. Yeah. Well, no, not a little. I, I want the whole backstory. Okay, I mean, oh, what else are we going to talk about? Are you sure? I think so. Um, well, I don't okay. know. Okay. I'll give you the whole story. So <laughs> I've always wanted to be a mom and I have been single most of my life. I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. I know that's I'm amazing. I know what it's like. Me too. Um, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why though. Okay, but no. We're too we're good. Not, we're anyway, I was in that. a I was in a series. I mean, I was in a, a relationship that I thought was the one. Mm-hmm. He has two other children, and uh, you know, I remember a couple weeks into us dating, I was like, I just want to tell you something. I want a kid. Like that's something that's important to me, and you know, and I was sure he was like, I'm out, but he was in. And then, you know, relationships happen, things happen. We ended up at a certain, you know, we had ups and downs. And then at a certain point, we're like, let's, let's try to go for this. But he never was really 100% on board, I didn't think. It was uh-huh. more, I'll do it for you. Uh-huh. Anyway, we did IVF. You did? Yes. You were just uh, in a relationship, not married? Not married. I didn't care about marriage. I, at that point, I'm like, maybe later, if we have a child and whatever, then marriage mm-hmm. might be important, but not right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for marriage. I got it. I want a kid. I'm yeah, old. yeah. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> I was 40, some 41 when, when we started maybe thinking about it. Anyway, Wait, I have, now I have to ask how long were you dating before that, before that? Three years. Oh, okay. It wasn't like you just met him. No, and but you're if like, you're look, not, I got to tell you, I want cut, a kid. <laughs> if you're going to cut, I'm going to tell you the full story, but I don't <laughs> no. necessarily know that you want to put it all on. You can, but. Jamie gave me all of the details, but basically her fella just seemed to kind of be going through the motions for Jamie's sake and wasn't really invested in the IVF or making a baby. And then right after Jamie did a transfer, he got some really life-altering news and he was going through something big. After a few months, I we talked about maybe adoption, whatever. I didn't have a lot of money. I paid full-on paid for the IVF by myself. He never gave me a cent for it, which oh. shows how much he was invested. Yeah. But he left one day. We were supposed to go to dinner at my friend's house, and he ghosted me. I didn't hear from him for a week. He was living oh, with me. Oh, fuck And me. then a week later, he came back. I mean, literally, I did not hear from him. I, I texting, calling, where are you? What are you? you know. Um, and he, he's like, you know, we should meet. And we met. And he's like, I can't do this again. I know you want a child and what I'm going through right now, I don't want to go through this again. And so I have an apartment. I got an apartment. I'm moving out. I'll get my stuff. And there was no conversation. There was no discussion. It was like, he's out. But the interesting thing is the night that we were supposed to have dinner at my friend's house, I went by myself. I was in her kitchen. She has this tower that like kids stand on to help cook for her son. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Oh, is that like for Jax to be able to help you? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Actually, I got it from Hope Shapiro. Do you know her? She's an actress. I'm like, yeah, I do. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's in my this Facebook cool moms group or something. She fostered to adopt her kids. And I'm like, and it was not even a split second. I mean, I was like, really? Can I talk to her? Oh. And I don't know what in me, but I was like, really? What? Can I talk to her? And she's like, yeah. And within a week, I sat down with Hope and her husband and met her amazing children, one of which was adopted, one who wasn't adopted yet was still in the fostering. 
and she's like, now is your boyfriend coming? So this is like the week. We scheduled this the week that he wasn't talking to me. So I didn't know what was happening. But I went, I finally went. She's like, now is your boyfriend coming? I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think we're together. When you finally went to what? To see Hope? or to, Just to see Hope and ask uh, her about what yeah. is fostering. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what the process was. And they really laid out the pros. I mean, the, the good things, the difficult things. Like she's like, Jesse will be all her husband. He'll tell you all the great things and look at our beautiful kids. <laughs> and she's like, and I'm going to tell you the shit storm that yeah. it can be. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. But for some reason, it just clicked in me that I, I you know, after the breakup, I was like, can I live the rest of my life without being a parent? I always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. From there, I just, I dove in, um, went to orientations. And so as the story goes, they had gone through the Department of uh, Children and Family Services directly. So that's what I did. I took the classes with the mm. Department of Children and Family Services, da, da, da. It took me a couple of years because I had been working a lot. And I was trying to find the right time when like my show might end and mm. that I'd have some time off. So it took me a long time to really get things going. But like sending paperwork into the Department of Children and Family Services, I'd send it in. I wouldn't hear for months. And I'd mm -hmm. have to follow up. And you have to be so proactive and like, hi, I'm following up. Did you get my, oh, oh, oh yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. God. And then I was talking to another friend of mine who had fostered some kids. And she was like, hey, I know a, a couple other women who are single ladies who are, you know, in the foster process. Can we get on a call? And I'm like, yes, this is great. So we got, we all got on a call. And then my friend Beth at one point said, well, my agency, and I'm like, wait, there's agencies for this? There's people that help you? It's like, again, being an actor where yeah. if you're on actor's access and you're trying to get yourself some work, and then all of a sudden you're it's like, you can go happen. get an agent <laughs> and an agent can, can help you and like submit get you, you in the door. You. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And I, and I literally was about to send in my last paperwork. And I said, can I talk to them? I don't know if it's too late. I'm like real far down the line. Oh. And she's like, yeah, give them a call. And I gave Extraordinary Families a call mm. and had a meeting with them like three days later. They're like, yes, of course, we would love to have you. The only problem is you're going to have to redo the paperwork, which is a shit ton of paperwork. But oh. I was fine with that. I had done it all already. I just had to copy stuff. Mm. And then I submitted my paper. I remember I laughed so hard because I submitted my paperwork on a Monday morning. And then Monday afternoon at like three, Marta, the woman who she's like, hi, okay, I went through all your paperwork. Oh, my God. So we just need this, this and this. And then, you know, we can move forward with all the rest of the stuff. So I was on the fast track with them. Um, but I, I told them specifically, like, I need to take, I'm not going to be ready because they were like, let's do this right away. And I said, no, I need, I'm, I have work up until October, then I'm getting knee surgery. So I'll be ready after Thanksgiving. This was 2016. And, and I started the process in February of 2014. Mm. And they're like, right, but what if the perfect child comes along before Thanksgiving? Like, what? And I said, well, I mean, I'm going to be on crutches. I don't know that that's a great situation. Well, you can, if it's a baby, you can just have the baby on your lap all the time and people can drive you places. I'm like, huh, honey. Oh, my God. I know. They were like, and I, everyone has the question, like, are everyone thinks there's not a lot of newborns right. available. There are a lot. 
sadly, because newborns who are born, they're tested for drugs and alcohol. The parents uh, are, or the babies the pa- are? The babies and the parents. Okay. Um, but if there's any traces in either, oh. the child goes directly into foster care. Oh. Yes. So you learn as a, a foster parent, or when you're getting ready to get those phone calls, because what happens is once you're approved, you're on a list. And you know, a hospital might call an agency and say, hey, there's a baby here. These are the details of the baby. The agency then goes through, okay, who's looking for this age range? This might be a good fit for this person. This, And then you can get a call. You have to keep your phone on from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday when you're waiting for the call. And Every time I saw their number come up, my heart was like beating through my chest. Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be a parent today? What? What? They did call me before Thanksgiving. (laughs) And it was a one-year-old little boy who probably would have been a fast adoption because he had already been in foster care. And it's a long story. But he was one already. And I'm like, I'm still on crutches. If he's walking, I, I can't. I'm single. I don't have. I can't have someone with me all the time. It just, I'm not quite ready. Yeah. Then I got three other calls, I believe three or four other calls. And each one, they tell you what information they have. You need to, there's certain questions you ask. Are there any medical mm-hmm. issues that you know of? Do you know the family history? Does the family have other family that have been reached out to? A couple of the calls I just knew weren't right for me. Mm-hmm. For different reasons. But you were obviously hoping for a baby that didn't have as much of a chance uh, of getting reunited with their family. Not that you were hoping that yes, they... Of yes. course. That, and that's the crazy part of the foster process. Right. It's a roller coaster. Some days you're cheering for another parent to fail. Oh. This is where I cry. And yeah. that's awful. Because you want to be a parent so badly. Mm-hmm. However, I think about where my son would be, what kind of life he would be living if he weren't with me. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what he'd be going through. But when I got the call about him, it was, you know, they had gotten like four or five calls. And then a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday goes by, I get no calls. And I'm like, hello, where's my child? Why aren't you calling me? I must have said no too many times. Uh And then at 4.45 on a Friday evening, I got a phone call about a baby boy who was five weeks old. He was born nine weeks early. So he had been in the NICU this whole time. He was exposed to drugs, but not... um, what do you call it when you're hooked on drugs? Addicted? <laughs> not addicted. <laughs> but there was drugs in the system. Mm-hmm. How do you know I, if a baby's addicted or not? They know by the like the by the blood test how much is in their system if they're having reactions or mm. certain things. the The agency doesn't get all the answers. It happens so quickly that not everyone has all the answers right away. So yeah. you don't know. What I found out was that he had. Four other siblings. He has four other siblings, four sisters. None of them are with their birth mother. Wow. They they two have one birth father, two have another, well, it gets even more complicated, another birth father, and then my son 
another birth father. Mm -hmm. So they were only related through the birth mother, but none of them were with her. And so for me, that was an indication that if she hasn't been able to get it together for those four children, likely it's not going to happen for the fifth. Yeah. And even though he was in the NICU and he was born nine weeks early, he was really healthy. He had some lung issues, but he wasn't even on a ventilator after the first day, which for being nine weeks early is really good. Yeah. So, and then I, that you'll appreciate this, that hope was my person, right? I needed someone to call when I would get these calls to kind of walk through, like, what do you think? I think, and every time I call and I go, okay, here's this one. It's this, this, and this. She's like, not your kid, not your child. Uh, this is the friend that, that a friend told you about. Yes. So I get the call at 445. Yes. The agency calls me. I say, this sounds actually, I'm feeling good about this. I just have to call my person. She's (laughs) like, well, you have 15 minutes (gasps) because the social worker is leaving for the day and they have to get the child placed. Oh my God. Otherwise they're going to someone else. I'm like, please have her wait, please. Let me just call my person. So I text Hope as I'm talking to her and I'm like, Hope. Um, I, I need to talk to you. I, ha- I have one. She's like, oh, honey, I'm at an audition. I'm like, oh, no. No, you are not. You get out of that room, girl, and you get on the phone and you talk to me. I said, I have 10 minutes. You hurry up with that audition. So she finally calls me. I start telling her all of the things. She's like, go. That's your child. Go. That's it. How does she know? It's a gut instinct, you know. <sighs> it's a gut instinct. <sighs> and I called. I called them back and they said, okay. And great, your name's on the list. You'll go to the hospital Monday. And I said, can I go visit him on Saturday? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So, um, (sighs) and I mean, that it's just so crazy that I'm like, one day I'm not anything. And the next day, like, I'm in it to win it. Mm -hmm. And I went and visited him in the hospital. And he was five pounds. He was born three pounds, but he was five pounds. Oh and my, my friend, my friend wasn't allowed to come into the NICU with me. So I was like in there by myself and everyone's kind of giving me looks. And to think that he was there for five weeks. Oh, by himself. And no one. Yeah. And that was another question I had asked was, has the mother been to visit? The birth mother. And they're like, it's been difficult getting in touch with her. She's been here like twice. Shit. So I remember I'm like, you know, touching his little head and I'm like standing over him. And the nurse is like, you can hold him. And I'm like, I can? <laughs> she, and so I pick up this little nugget and then she's like, now, do you know how to feed a baby? And what, you know, and I said, I'm Aunt Jamie to a lot of kids. Believe me, all my friends' kids. Um, I said, I do. And so she gave me a bottle and she's kind of talking about him and I'm trying to feed him. And I'm like, he's not, he's not eating. He's, he keeps falling asleep. And she said, I'll never forget. She said, don't worry about it. He's probably just so happy to be held right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're literally killing me. I know. But see, okay. So long story short, (laughs) that Monday, I went and picked up Little Nugget by myself. And uh, I (laughs) couldn't get the car seat in right. So they're like, we have to do a car seat test, bring a car seat. I come. They're like, we already did the car seat test. You can go. And I'm like, uh, okay. it was supposed to be like two hours that I could prep. And they're like, nope. Oh, so we God. went, I had to go back down to the car to fix the car seat and have it in, you know, perfectly. 
45 minutes later, I'm still looking for my car key. <laughs> Couldn't find it. I had to call up to the NICU. I'm like, did you think I left? I bet you thought I just ran away because I was too scared. And they're like, we can't tell you how many times new parents lose their keys. And it turned out the key was... You were a new parent. The key was under the, the, the car seat. I had put the car seat in. The key Ugh. was in there anyway. Ugh. And then I took him home. So I will say this. I'm not sure just to explain the process. There's a difference between adoption, straight adoption, and fostering to adopt. So I'll just give the definition because a lot of people sometimes are not so clear on this. Because a lot of people say, well, like, where did you get him from? Thinking China or, (gasps) you know, like an overseas adoption. I said, well, it's L.A. County because it's a foster system. Adoption, you pay a lot of money. You pay money, legal fees, all these things. Fostering. The goal of fostering is that there are children who are in uh, unsafe situations with birth parents. And so they have to be taken away from the birth parents so that they are safe. Then there's court. And the court then decides right off the bat, like, this parent needs to do this, 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 and this by this time so that we know that they are okay to have, that a child will be safe with them. So where do those children go in the meantime? They go into foster homes. As a foster parent, and and this is one of the things that is challenging as a foster parent, like from day one, you are a foster parent, but you're also a parent. As a foster parent, you have to deal with social workers coming over all the time, going to doctor's appointments, making sure paperwork is always in order. You know, you have to have your house ready and, you know, it has to be all of that. And it's a lot of work. It's a roller coaster because there is always the fear of, will this child go back? It's the risk you take. And I think you can relate to this, that there's risk in any type of way that you are trying to have a child. Um, You keep making me cry. (laughs) But it's, you know, so, so it was for me an 18 month process of fostering and once you had Theo yes quick question before you or how long did it take from the time you contacted extraordinary families till till you were contacted about Theo I got in touch with extraordinary families May of 2016 oh and you asked them not to talk to you and well I got approved and ready to go probably by July wow because I had already done all the paperwork. Right. And I had gone to classes. You have to oh, go to classes. Yeah, yeah. One thing I always say that I learned through the process is to have incredible compassion for the birth parents. Yeah. I'm going to cry again. That's okay. Because the loss of a child for anyone is hard no matter what situation you're in. Mm -hmm. So another question is, did you ever see the birth mom with her? So she had court orders to see the child once a week for two hours. Does that mean the the court said you must see her, see your child for two hours or she was asking for that? That's what the court says. You have visitation. This is the visitation you have. Okay. You should go see your child every time you have a visitation, if you want to try to get your child back. Yes. You have to make the effort from 
December until July. So like an eight month period or something. Mm -hmm. I think there were four visits. Okay. I always would go to the place where we were supposed to go, which was at our, our agency. I'd wait there. She confirmed she would be there. She didn't show. At a certain point, I was like, I, I don't want to keep interrupting my life if she's not going to show. And I lived so close to the agency. They're like, we'll call you or we'll figure out something out. The first meeting where I actually met her, I thought it would be fine. It was really hard. Okay. Because she comes in, she takes the baby and she's like, oh, my, my, my son, my sweetheart. My... And I'm thinking, yeah, for the past six weeks, I've been feeding him, changing him, taking him to doctor's appointments. And it's hard. It's so hard. Oh, and by the way, we have a relationship with his family, with two of his sisters. Uh-huh. We do birthday parties with them. We see them. He knows, like, I've, from the day I got him, his, I would, I've told him his birth story. Yeah. He, and now he's at an age where he's getting to understand it a little bit more, like, you were at a hospital and they called and said, hey, we hear you want to be a mommy. There's a little boy who needs a mommy. What yeah. do you think? And I said, yes. And then I went and I picked you up and I brought you home. And now I'm explaining to him he came out of someone else's tummy. Yes. But she was sick. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't able to take care of him the way I could. Yeah. The last time we, we had interaction... <laughs> It was after like her parental rights were terminated. And so it was going to go to adoption. And, you know, I would keep, we would text and I would send pictures and updates. Um, She texted me and she said, you know, I know everyone thinks I don't love my children, but I've had a really hard life and it's been really hard. And I said, listen, I can't even begin to understand what you've been through, but know this. Your son will always know who you are. I will never say one bad thing about you. And I hope one day you just put one foot in front of the other and can move forward and that maybe one day we can reconnect. Yeah. And it was 18 months until you were officially, uh, you officially adopted him. Correct. And here's, okay, two more quick things. Yes. So one of the big court dates is the TPR hearing. It's called Termination of Parental Rights. Uh And that hearing is basically like, okay, the parent has, the birth parent has no more ties to the child moving towards adoption. So that's like your breathing moment. Like you're done at the TPR hearing. So I go that morning to the TPR hearing and this court, the children's court, there's lots of like mini courts and you sit in a big like open bullpen. You sign in for your courtroom. They have many cases they're going through. My social worker like couldn't get there at the right time. When she finally got there, there was like no parking and she was late and she's like, it's going to be fine. Do you need me? I'm like, no, I'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah. And you just have to sit and wait for them to call your name or the court case. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting, I'm waiting. And I see this woman come and she signs in or she says a name. And I realize it's his birth grandmother (gasps) who I've never seen. Oh my gosh. She doesn't know who I am. Anyway, I'm waiting with her and 
she's there for the other children because she's trying to get something, like at least to be able to see the older children. Uh-huh. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. She gets called into court. She does her thing. She comes out. I'm still waiting. They haven't called my case. And then um, it's the lunch break. Oh, Lord. So I see the lawyer for um, the birth mom come out. And I said, hi, I'm sorry. I'm the foster parent. I'm just checking in. Like, what time do I need to be back for after lunch? For And she's like, oh, no, we already we already did that case. And I'm like, but I didn't get called. She's like, yeah, you did. Oh. So I missed it. Okay. What? You I was in the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and literally, let me just tell you, when I went to the bathroom, I sprinted because I was like, I can't miss it. What I didn't understand was your what baby with you? No. Uh-uh. Okay. I went okay. by myself. What I didn't realize is I was supposed to go in when the grandmother went in because they were doing the it's the birth mother of all the children. So they okay. were covering all the cases. So I don't know what happened. So I'm like, well, um, can you tell me anything? And she's like, well, you can talk to his lawyer. I'm like, well, can you get her? Can I talk to the, his lawyer who I had met once before? And it was, and she's like, well, we're at lunch. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, but she's like, but I'll go ask her. I'm like, okay. So (laughs) I see, I am like at the window of the court room, like (laughs) pressed against the window, pressed like so hard. And I see the lawyer walking back and forth and I'm like, and so she finally comes out and I am a wreck. Yeah. Because, and then in your head, I was thinking, I'm like, oh my God, they're not going to give him to me because I didn't, I wasn't in the courtroom. I didn't show up. Yeah. So I'm like, hi. And the voice is cracking. The voice yeah. is like on the verge, right? I'm like, hi. Um, so I just went to the bathroom and I missed when you guys, you know, called. <laughs> and, and she's like. Well, of course you did, because that's always when the parents go. You know, she made a joke. She's like, that's always when the parents go. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just checking in to see um, if you can tell me what happened. Or... She goes, okay, calm down. Uh-huh. It's all okay. You're going to be a mother. <laughs> and then I broke down and I hugged her and I said, thank you so much. I can't thank you for what you've done for him. And she said, no, thank you for what you're doing for him. And it was an amazing moment. And then I'll end on this note or I'll say the <laughs> last thing. So that was incredible. No, and you're then, not off the hook because then I'm going to have to ask about you being a single mom. Oh, girl. <laughs> but go on. Shoot. Okay. Um, the last thing is, so then you... Once you get all the paperwork done, you have to send it up to Sacramento. They have to sign off paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. And then you just wait for a court date to for your adoption date. So now I'm like, parents, you can relax. It's all good. It's happening. We just need a date. Okay. Months go by. I don't hear anything. And then I'm like, this doesn't, this seems a little long. Oh, God. The court. But the other one was official officially terminating parental rights. It wasn't the adoption. Okay. There is an actual adoption court hearing. Anyway, so we're waiting, 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 no paperwork. It's driving me crazy. I have a friend who lives down the block who was a lawyer for kids in foster care. And I finally was like, all right, I got to pull a, I got to ask a favor. And as it turns out, there were two weeks of court documents that got lost because they were changing over. Oh, so what should have took a couple months 
took, um, so from the time July 18th, it took 10 months. Oh so my God. at eight months, I knew I was going to be a parent, but it took 10 more months to have the adoption. The craziest part about this, and my parents <sighs> are like, when is this happening? This is driving us crazy. The day I got the notice, it said, your court date is May 29th. May 29th is my father's birthday. <laughs> May 29th is my parents' anniversary. <laughs> and May 29th is my aunt's birthday. And I called my dad and I'm like, are you sitting down? <laughs> you will never in your wildest dreams guess when the date is. And he's like, May 17th, which is my birthday. I said, no, <laughs> it's May 29th. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm spiritual. I'm Jewish. I know, even though it took me forever to figure out this was going to be my path, this child was meant to be my child and I was meant to be his mother. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone has a path to becoming a parent. Every path is different. Some people have it easier than others. Mm -hmm. They sure do. <laughs> never, never in my wildest imagination in my life. I even said this to my parents one day. I'm like, so did you ever believe, did you ever think that your daughter would be a single mother of a small Latino child? <laughs> and they're like, no, actually. And I said, yeah. And isn't it the best thing that has ever happened? And they're yeah. like, it is. Yeah. So that's that. Then I became just a mom. Then I was yeah. just a mom. So how old were you by the time uh, Theo arrived? Adopted. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he arrived, I, I was 44. Lately, I've been, I've never really, I haven't been worried about my age in terms of uh, raising a kid by myself mm -hmm. until now because it seems so much further away than ever. Oh, here come my cheers. <laughs> but I just don't know when at all. Oh, God, I don't want to be this person right now. <laughs> you, you have to. I'm always You're this person. To. I know, That's but I'm okay. like That's super weepy are. today. <laughs> I, it's okay. Um, It just seems very far away and I'm like... Uh, how old is too old to responsibly have a baby? It's never. If you're, you're a single parent. First of all, I think the older we are, <laughs> the better we are. Because you know what? We've been through a lot and there's a lot you can let go of. I am not a helicopter mom. And as a single parent, sometimes you'd be like, all right, you'll figure it out, kid. <laughs> yeah. But like, you got to do other things. You've got to, I mean, he keeps me young. Yeah. I've discovered like going to the park and not taking my phone and just being present with my kid. Yeah. Is amazing. Yeah. Do I look like a grandmother at his preschool? I sure do. No, I, don't, I don't think care. so. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I'm, 
things that worry me about being an older parent is not being around maybe to see grandchildren. That's what I'm talking about. But it shouldn't be the reason that you don't do it. Yeah. If you want to be a parent, you will find a way to be a parent. Whatever path it is. Yes, I am tired as hell a lot, <laughs> especially like today when I went to bed at 2 a.m. because I was binging television like uh, an idiot. Smart. He climbs in at 6.15 in my bed. <laughs> yeah. Mom, look, it's a surprise. It's morning. <laughs> and I'm like, and all I'm thinking to myself is do not lose it on him today because it is your fault yeah. that you did not get enough sleep. It is not his fault. He is four years old. Yeah. The single most important thing I learned when becoming a single parent is asking for help. And let me tell you, people come out of the woodworks to help. You build a village around yourself and that's how you get through. But what am I going to need? I mean, I have my parents because I, now I live on my parents' farm. And I'm not Great. bad at asking my mom and dad for help. <laughs> the help but is, in terms can of you like, please just take him so I can go on a run or I can take yeah. 10 minutes to myself to do this, that, or the other. And, and I didn't have, I don't have family here. I have uh -huh. friends, I have good, you know, but there's days when you want to, when you are going to lose it. Yeah. There's days when I'm like, I, listen, I wake up some days, I'm like, I don't want to be a mom today. Yeah. Guess what? I have no choice. Yeah. And I need to just get through it. I loved the early stages of having a baby. I loved every second of it. I didn't care if I didn't sleep. Everyone's like, how are you doing that? I don't know. And I'm like, what? No, this is, this has been the easiest part. That was the easiest part for me. Yeah. When he started walking and talking and giving me sass, that's when mama has some uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, how are you working at the same time? Or did you get any sort of maternity leave? No. Not for <laughs> fostering. I think that might have changed, but as a foster... Also, I wasn't... If I was working at a company... Like, I'm an independent contractor. Right. Companies have things for that, but not... Yeah, I mean, hard. I don't... Same here. However, here's the other gem about fostering a child. My child got free daycare. Oh. My child has health insurance until they're 18, until he's 18. Well, I never well, have well. to worry about health insurance. You, as a foster parent, get a stipend every month. It's not a lot, but it pays for food, clothing. Yeah. So you get up until they're 18. Just because they're adopted doesn't mean the money goes away. Of course, I was never in it for the money. Ever. Right. But it doesn't hurt. So I moved to New York in November. I, it's pro I'm hoping some of these things are true, but there could be a whole completely different system here. I'll find out. Yeah, but that's the other thing people don't realize. The system wants kids to thrive. Yeah. They will do anything to help these. There are programs to help foster children. You also have to be a big advocate. You have to learn to like advocate for things like, I kept pushing my social workers, I need, I need to get him into a daycare. I have to find help during the day. Yeah. So you do find that you have to advocate for it. But because that's the other reason why I was able to do this on my own financially yeah. is that I had all this help. I wasn't paying for a daycare like 
a thousand dollars a week. Yeah. He had full-time daycare. He still is in, and now he's in an early education center that's also run by, you know, it's LAUSD. So he's in, you know, school for free. He's, he's basically been in like an early education center since he was six months old. Yeah. yeah. Different places. But, and I, I did find a daycare through a program that's run by the government for, that he goes to two days a week now, which is my saving grace. My other saving grace is my niece, God bless her soul, moved in with us in October. Oh. Game changer. I know. So like having your parents so close. Yeah. It's going to be a dream. Yeah. Okay. But you know what it's not a dream for? And this is going to segue into our next topic, dating. Yeah, girl. I mean, one of the fantasies I had when I started looking for a sperm donor and decided to become a single mother by choice was that I was like, it'll be fine. Once I have a baby, it'll just be like I'm another like divorcee with a baby. Here's the thing. How is it? (laughs) It's harder than getting an acting job. (laughs) Oh, great. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I think like I've come to the conclusion that I'm of the age where I am only dating divorced men. I love a divorced guy. Yeah. And they probably have kids. The problem for me is some of them are like their kids are grown uh, and getting into a situation with a small child. Like when they're like, mm. how old is your kid? I'm like four. They're like, yeah. oh, and you're with him. Like, what's your custody situation? I said, yeah. 100%, baby. I'm a single mom. Yes. It ain't easy, especially during COVID. The difference for me now than before, before I was dating to hopefully find the father of my child. Yeah. Now I'm dating to find a partner who will fit into our life. Yeah. And be good for myself and my son. And it's going to take someone pretty special. And it is like my biggest fear in life is ending up alone and not having a partner. And that's the other thing. I don't, I don't treat my, he is not a replacement for that relationship. I'm not one of those women. That kid does not sleep in my bed. I didn't even let him <laughs> sleep in my bed when he was a baby. Like he had the bassinet. Yeah. And from the second, I didn't, I actually didn't move him out of my bedroom and get bedroom furniture for him and everything until the TPR hearing. Uh-huh. I was too afraid to get any furniture or do anything. Right. So he was in my room until then. And then like that day of the hearing, I'm like, and I hit click to order his furniture. And then I put him in that room. I got a question about that. It's like I had another guest on my show a while, a long time ago, who was a foster dad. And I said, "Um, did you hold back on giving him all of your love? No way. So that it wouldn't be as heartbreaking if he got taken away. No. And neither did Frank. (laughs) No. If if anyone lives their life that way or even being in a relationship with a man. Sure. And you're holding back for fear of the relationship ending. Yeah. Then you're not living your true, you know, it's hard. It's heartbreak. And there's the other thing I tell foster parents because I mentor a lot of foster parents Mm. or foster parents-to-be. Again, I say... And, and most of the people I've mentored have been fortunate that children have not come back. They've adopted them. But I always say, if a child goes back, you were there to give them all the love they needed during this yeah. time. Yeah. 
And that is not your child, but your child is waiting for you. Yeah. Your child is waiting for you and it will, your child will show up when it shows up. So yeah. I know a couple, you know, people through fostering who have lost several children have gone back to the system and yeah. it's heartbreak every time. And yet now they're with the child that's meant to be theirs. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people who have fostered before and how often do you say, do you think it happens that they go back? It depends, but of like the seven or eight or nine families that I've, I've met and worked with or been kind of a mentor for. Yeah. None of the children have gone back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, I think that, I mean, would depend a little bit on how selective you are in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. About knowing the right questions to ask, you know, if a child, like there was one situation, a call I got where it seemed like I was deducing, you just kind of have to, but her older child who was seven, there was no cases with the Department of Children and Family Services, totally fine. She's raised a seven-year-old. She has a two-year-old with a different person. That two-year-old, they had to pull the child, the kids out because all of a sudden there were drugs and everything. Right. For me, it seemed like, okay, she got involved with someone who is not good for her. Yeah. But she managed to care for this child for seven years. And that's a mother who has been through it. And for me, it seemed she could maybe get it together to be able to get her child back. And, and in that case, it's not about me being scared that I'm going to lose a child. It's about that mom deserves to be, I think she is capable of getting it together. And that's the most important. Hopefully that'll work out. And that's why I said no. Right, 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 right. And there's support groups. I mean, yeah, there's loss. There's loss in any of it. And the other thing I tell foster parents, like I will speak at orientations and I'm like, every single one of you, I'm pretty sure are in this room because you have been on some sort of journey to become a parent and, and you, and you're here now on this part of your journey. Yeah. Some people just are like, no, I know I'm going to foster. That's it. Most people have been through a lot. Yeah. It's a journey. Everyone has their journey. What can I say? That's like my biggest thing. And I just feel that if, if, if someone wants to be a parent, they will be a parent. Yeah. And it is hard. And being single is so difficult. <laughs> Some days I'm out and I see families that are like, okay, you take them now because I'm going to go over here to this store and da, da, da. Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, I just some days wish I could be like, it's your turn. Now I've got my niece and it's amazing. And she's like, she moved in. She's like, I'll be there. I'll be like his nanny all the time. I said, no, 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 no. I just need to tap out sometimes. That's nice. And we have a great balance of with us now. It's great. So you were talking about your greatest fear is growing old and not finding a husband, partner, whatever, not husband, partner, whatever, whatever. No, I mean, (laughs) I, I like men. I knew that part, but I didn't know. But I remember that you said that you're not into marriage as much. Anyway, point At this is... Stage, I can't be bothered. I don't know. Right. So, but I think in my situation, in both of our situations, the baby, there's a time limit when right. you can have a child and, and the baby had to take priority. Like we had two great fears in life. One was having a child. The other is finding a man. And we have this hope. I have this hope that, you know... I'll take care of this one because I have the rest of my life to find the man. 
and it's real scary. Like I've, I, my whole life I've, I've longed for that, that partnership. And as soon as I started to try to have a baby, well, I don't know. I just, that I did put that on the back burner. It's less of a priority, but I still have that sadness there. You know so what I mean? Why? I'm lonely. Yeah. I've got my child and I've got amazing friends. Yeah. I long for that kind of connection with someone. Yeah. Uh, believe me. And I, sometimes I stay up late going on those dating apps too. And I'm like swiping and I'm like sitting here going, what am I doing? I just like, I just people and I'm like, oh my God, is this what it's come to? Well, I mean, I was on the apps while I was pregnant and my thing confidently said like, uh, by the way, I'm pregnant, like on purpose. And (laughs) listen, I was dating someone right as I was about like any day to get the baby. And I told him like at a certain point, I'm like, oh, this seems a little, I didn't tell anyone that I was even going through. Cause I'm like, well, this is a couple dates. This won't last. Yeah, This yeah. one was getting a little serious. And I said, I have to tell you this. <laughs> I could get a kid tomorrow. Yeah. Just, you know? And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, great. And, and for me, I don't know. Hopefully he won't hear this, but I wasn't as invested in the relationship because yeah. I was like, I'm like, this is good for now. But then when the baby comes, I'm sure he'll be out. He'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. He lasted about a month. And you got the baby right then. Yeah, I got the baby. So that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. We went to Disneyland the day before I got the baby. <laughs> and, uh, but that didn't work out. I mean, yeah. yes. But here I am. Yes. Two two months and a week past this tragic event in my life, and all I want is for a man to cuddle me and make me feel better. But I, I, I can't. That would make no sense to go. Oh my god! What, I don't want to cry anymore. <laughs> Hold on. So, um, it'd be so fucked up to go on an app right now and look for companionship. And I live with my parents. <laughs> And it's COVID. Like, I'm not going to be able to meet somebody. No, this is the perfect. It sounds. (laughs) I'd be a crazy person if I even, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's part of like, I go on the apps and stuff now and I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) But yeah, it's just like the loneliness is just like, I don't even pay attention to it anymore. But, but then, but I remember myself like five years ago or three years ago, just like pining for love and attention or whatever and that's still there but it's just I don't even realize it's there anymore because yeah. the other thing is so strong yeah well, do, do you know about just fostering or like what is a foster home <laughs> some some people are there to basically be the in-between foster home until a child either goes back to their parents or finds their permanent home And it's basically you're providing a safe place for children to thrive during the in-between. So they are not like in a a group home or it takes a strong person to just foster children. The only, actually, the only part about it that seems appealing to me is when a baby arrives or a child arrives, you know that they're not going to stay. Right. So you can give them all the love that they need but not have this painful attachment. (laughs) You have the attachment no matter what. Okay. There's no getting away from that. And like you said, 
do you hold, did you hold back from loving a child? You won't. Yeah. 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 Aside from this. And again, I never want to be like, you should do it. Get involved. I, I'm not that. I talk to people about it. If it's something that's still on your mind and you have questions, anything, you can always reach out to me if it comes up or any other things, but I always just leave that open for people. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have always wanted to be pregnant and always wanted to give birth and always, yes, you too, and breastfeed. And I have frozen eggs from when I was 37. Right. I've got eight more and I am just deciding, trying to decide if I want to use them because now I'm afraid of the physical trauma. Did, I, did you hear any of this part? Okay, so then I gave her the whole backstory. Uh, I've always wanted to be pregnant, but I've never not wanted to foster or adopt. I just, of course. fostering seems scary to me because of the loss, potential loss. And adoption has always, I've always known that it's, not always, since I started researching all this stuff three years ago, I, I found out how much it costs. And I and the more I hear about it, the more paperwork I hear about, the, the more impossible it all seems. I desperately wanted to be pregnant and feel a baby in me. Yeah. I had, after the first one didn't work out, I was like, do I want to go this alone and try it again? Yeah. And what it came down to for me is like, I don't want to go through that process alone. I don't want to be laying in bed, you know, going, Oh, the baby kicked. <laughs> hey, Ruby, my dog, come <laughs> baby kicked and have it's no one here to like, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, that just kind of was where I was at. And I don't know, like I said, like, I just got to a point where I'm like, I don't need that anymore. It's like, I don't need marriage anymore. Yeah. 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 It would have been amazing because that's what our bodies are made for to do that. But I have the most gorgeous little child who is a dream and meant to be my son. Yeah. And he came to me because of that. And so, Yeah. yeah. Well, I wish you, I'm so glad Sarah connected us. And Me too. Please, I'm always around if you need anything. It was so great talking to you. Thank you so much. You too. I'll be in touch. Take care. Let me know if you need anything else. I will. Bye. Take care. Well, well, well. Okay, so fostering to adopt. It sounds better than it felt. I don't know. I'm interested. I got to figure it out, but I'm interested. I have contacted three adoption agencies and three fostering what I think are fostering agencies if any of you are out there and you're in New York and you know of of an agency that could help with fostering to adopt let me know email me at spermcast at gmail.com I am interested Jamie if you're listening thank you again so much Folks, if you want to reach me, email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail or text at 323-741-1818. Join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash spermcast and contribute to the podcast so that I can continue to make it. Go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast. Another way to support the podcast is Venmo. If you want to send money, go to Venmo. Send it to molly-hockey. That's H-Y-P-H-E-N. I'm just kidding. It's just a hyphen, a dash, Molly Dash Rocky. <laughs> if you're interested in fertility consultations, hit me up. I'll tell you about what I do. Send inquiries to spermcast at gmail.com. What am I missing? Oh, Instagram, at spermcast. 
That's it for today. Love you all so much, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by Acast. 